Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mouth Sword Ministries. I'm your host, Timothy Aaron. And I'm going to be talking about Revelations chapter 14 today. Revelations chapter 14 today is one of the very interesting chapters in the book of Revelation. So I'm going to tackle that right now. But before we get into Revelations chapter 14, I'm going to open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you once again for another day you've given us for another day of your precious mercy mercy lord we thank you for your mercy uh i don't know what i would have done without your mercy lord i probably wouldn't be here right now so i thank you so much for your mercy your grace your favor and your loving kindness towards me i just ask that you bless us and keep us from all hurt harm and danger and we just ask that you continue to do the wonderful things you are doing for your people. These things we ask in the mighty, wonderful, precious name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, we are talking Revelations chapter 14 today. And I'm just going to start reading and I'm going to stop here and there and try to elaborate on what I have concluded this passage means in the book of Revelations. And uh, so if you got your Bibles, open up to Revelations chapter 14 and let's begin. Okay, he says, and I looked. Now, I want to stop right there because I have concluded that every time John says, and I looked or and I beheld, same word in Greek, and I look and I beheld. He is changing the setting of the story of the prophecies of the book of Revelation. See, see, Revelations is not a continuous uh, chapter by chapter uh, story in time. You know, it's not it's not a story from beginning to end. You know, John he has been given these visions and these prophecies, you know, out of order of time. It's not in order of time. And I think that's what has uh, thrown a lot of the earlier ministries for a loop when it comes to the rapture. You know, if you're trying to understand the rapture and read the book of Revelations and, and you think it, it's a book in order of time, then you're going to come up with something like the pre-tribulation rapture. You know, and I think the rapture takes place at the last day. Why do I say that? Because Jesus tells us in John chapter 6, verses 39, 41, 44, and 54, he says at four times that he's going to gather all them that belong to him at the last day. So the rapture takes place at the end, at the very end. So so right there, he he jumps around in time. And I looked. I think that's the way we can understand, come to understand when John is changing the setting, the time and the place of his prophecy. And, you know, like in Hollywood, we see this a lot. When we watch the movie, it would tell us, you know, at the bottom of the screen, when the setting is changing, it would tell us one year earlier, five years earlier, or 20 years later, it would tell us that the setting is changing. So I think John's way of doing this is by saying, and I looked, and I beheld. He's letting us know that he, he's, he's getting a new setting here for the, for the prophecy. Um, so he says, and I looked, 
and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion, and with him a hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their forehead. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. Okay, so the voice of many waters, according to Revelations chapter 1, is Jesus. That's how his voice sounded to John. And the voice of great thunder in Revelations chapter 10, it, it, it describes that was the voice of that great angel. And uh, so this is Jesus and this great angel and harpers, the voice of harpers harping. That was, I believe, the, the 24 elders. And, um, and the four beasts in heaven, they had harps. And so this is, um, this is taking place probably uh, in heaven or in New Jerusalem, the great city. Okay, um, what I was saying was, so this is probably taking place in heaven or New Jerusalem. This is uh, after the rapture. This is a scene uh, where uh, they are starting to celebrate in heaven, you know, of of um, you know the, the second coming of Jesus Christ being over and uh, things are great and wonderful in heaven or in, or in this new city where we're going to rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years so this is the setting here okay verse 3 and they sung as, and, and they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders and no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth okay verse four says these are they which were not defiled with women for they are virgins these are they which follow the lamb whithersoever he goeth these were redeemed from among men being the first fruits unto god and to the lamb now, now, I believe these are 144,000 of Jews. Uh, it tells us that in uh, Revelation chapter 7, you know, 12,000 from each 12 tribes. And I believe Jesus has reserved in himself 144,000 authentic Jews, okay? Uh, because he prom promised uh, Abraham that uh, his seed would always be his seed his seed will always be his people and i believe these are his children uh these are children these are literally children and why do i say that because it tells us that um these uh were not defiled by women or with womenhood because i don't believe these are all going to be just males i believe this is children and uh so it's letting us know that these are they which follow the lamb, whithersoever they go. They are virgins, okay? So children are virgins, of course. You know, they, these are not going to be probably adults. These are probably going to be children. Uh, another reason why I say that when I think about Matthew chapter 19, uh, Jesus is uh, with his disciples and a group of people bring children to Jesus. And... Um, and the disciple says, no, send them away. You know, we, we, we're about serious business. We ain't got time for no children. 
And Jesus says, no, no, don't forbid them. Bring them unto me. He says, for of such is the kingdom of God. These children, you're right. So I believe these 144,000, they, they, they're going to be innocent. You know, they're going to be without, without guile. They're going to be virgins. These are going to be 144,000 children, okay? And they're going to only be able to learn this song here. And um, verse 5, it says, In their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Okay? Now, stop right there. Now we go into verse 6. And what does he say in verse 6? And I saw. Here we go again. He's changing the setting of the vision, of the story, of the prophecy. And I saw. And he's jumping back in time. How do I know he's jumping back in time? Because the first five verses takes place ap after the rapture. This is this is the 144,000 being redeemed. Okay? This takes place at the end. So he's jumping back in the story and now he's about to give us information and details that led up to the first five verses, okay? He says, "And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations to drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Okay, verse 8 um, is more information is given about verse 8 in Revelations chapter 18. The whole chapter talks about the verse 8. So if you want to get more information on verse 8, go to chapter 18, and that's what the whole chapter is talking about. The great whore um, is really talking about um, God's church and how God's church has betrayed him and has sided with the Antichrist and, the and has become the false prophet. That's what it's really talking about. And I believe that Babylon is fallen, is fallen, is talking about like I said, once again, the church uh, and the church world headquarter right now is the Vatican, okay, in Rome. And so if you kind of compare some of the stuff about Babylon, uh, in ancient Babylon, it kind of mimics Rome today. You know, it's a city on the hill and it's got a wall around it and it's got a lot of good fancy architecture and a lot of statues and you know, so it's kind of like how Babylon was, you know, and Babylon kind of wanted to lead the world into idolatry. You know, uh, Nebuchadnezzar built this great statue and stuff. So this is, I believe, where the setting of the end times is going to be. A lot of people think it's going to be Jerusalem, but I think that great city it's talking about is Babylon, which is uh, the Vatican. OK, so it says. <clears throat> And now verse nine, and the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast in his image and receive a mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath 
of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Okay? So we know that in, in, in Revelations uh, chapter 13 elaborates on that a little bit more, talking about the mark of the beast. And and I, I did a episode on that, on how the mark of the beast, I, I think, is really going to be 18, the number 18. A lot of people think it's 666, but I think 666 was just a clue to the real number, the, the real evil number. Um, and John, he says, count the number of the beast. Okay, so if you, when you count the number of the beast, it's um, seven heads and ten horns. That's 17 plus a little horn. That's 18. Okay, and he said it is the number of a man. In most countries, a boy becomes a man. He's able to, to vote. He's able to enter into a legally binding contract when he is what age? 18. Uh, President Zelensky, when he was being in, in, invaded by Russia, Ukraine passed a rule that all men of the age of 18 and over must come and fight. So 18 is a popular number for a man, okay? And then he says, it is the number 603 score and 6, 666, or 6 plus 6 plus 6, 18. And it just so happens that in Revelations chapter 13, verse what? 18, we get all of this information. So I believe the real evil number is going to be 18. And since I believe uh, China is this great red dragon, which is going to be the devil's world headquarters, I believe it's going to be maybe the Chinese number 18 or something to that effect. So, Let's be looking out for that as we get closer to the end times, okay? All right. Um, verse 10. And the same should drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out with mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Okay? And the smoke of their torment is ascended up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receive the mark of his name. So, see, this is talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon when, when Jesus comes back with the sword in his mouth and he's going to execute judgment on the earth and he's going to attack, and he's going to attack um, the great red dragon. He's going to attack the Antichrist and the false prophet. That's what this is all talking about. And all the people of the earth who have taken his mark. Okay. Uh, verse 12. And then it says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, right blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. So now here he is letting you know that he's about to rapture his church, okay? So like I said, now we're talking about the, the part of this vision where he has jumped back in time, and now he is explaining what he wrote about in the first five verses, okay? And then um, verse 14, he says, And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud, one set like unto the Son of Man, having in 
uh, uh, on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. Okay. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, thrust in thy sickle and reap for the time is come for thee to reap and for the harvest of the earth. Uh, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Okay. So sometimes we have been taught that this was the rapture, but this is not the rapture either. This is God's wrath. This is God's judgment. And I'm explaining, I'm going to explain why here in a little bit. Let's go on down to verse 16. And he, and he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle in the earth on the earth and the earth was reaped. Okay. Verse 17, and another angel came out of the temple having in his hand, um, excuse me, let me start over. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, and he also having a sharp sickle. Verse 18, and another angel came out, of, out from the altar, which had power over fire and cried with a loud voice, with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle saying thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe. Okay. And the angel thrust in his sickle in the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great wine press of the of the wrath of God. And the, and the wine press was trodden down without the city and blood came out of the wine press, even unto the horse's bridle, by the space of a thousand six hundred furlongs. Okay, so verses fourteen through twenty is 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 the wrath of God beginning. Is is the is God's judgment? Uh, this is this is not the rapture at all. This is uh, all the wrath of God. Now, now, the reason why I say that is when you compare this to Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13 gives us details when Jesus is given parables and he uh, talks about that the harvest is the end of the world. If you start reading like in verse 24 and um, he goes on to say, Jesus goes on to say that uh, the reapers are the angels. So these two reapers that we read in here in uh, Revelation chapter 14, they are angels and they are carrying out orders from Jesus. And uh, so I believe the first angel, when he sticks in his sickle and reaps, that's what we read about in uh, Luke chapter 17. One shall be taken and the other one left. Uh, now, we taught that that was a picture of the rapture too. No, that's not either. Uh, one's going to be taken and going to be tormented and slaughtered and, and snatched. Uh, the Bible says two men in, in, in Luke chapter 17, two men will be in one bed. One shall be taken and the other one left. So he's letting you know that, that this is, this is part of God's judgment. That, that That's a picture of homosexuality going on right there. Two women to be grinding at the mill, two men to be in the field. One should be taken and the other one left. That's not God's people. This is judgment. You know, and it's going to cause pandemonium and chaos at that point. Okay. And uh, so he, Jesus goes on to say to uh, the disciples when he is explaining the parable 
in uh, Matthew chapter 13, he tells us uh, a, a key point. He says that he's going to first deal with the tares. The tares uh, is the is the wicked children of the devil. Okay, so we see this angel first giving orders. He's going to be dealing with the wicked people of the devil. Okay, and um, so see, the Bible teaches us that tares are like a like like they are like a mock wheat. You know, they look like wheat, but when you get up close and you open them up, whatever, they black and they not for eating. And uh, so that's what the enemy sold in in Matthew chapter thirteen. You know, so. While men slept, the enemy sowed tares in the field. And so when you read that short chapter and you compare it to this chapter, you're able to get an order of things on what's going on here. So these two angels are reapers and they're dealing with the wicked. Okay. And then the second angel, by the time he sticks his hand, it, it, it sounds like to me, he is dealing with um, the Antichrist and the false prophet. Because uh, it says... Uh, and another angel came from the altar having power over fire cried with a loud voice uh, that had the sharp sickle saying thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe okay remember that verse, the word vine and the angel thrusted this is verse 18 now we have 19 and the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth now if you remember jesus called himself the true vine okay i believe that was in the book of john i want to say chapter uh, uh, chapter 14 maybe maybe but anyway jesus called himself the true vine and remember the antichrist is always trying to mimic jesus christ so i believe that when the second angel, which is a reaper, or sticks in his sickle, he is getting the Antichrist and the false prophet. And, uh, and the reason why I throw the false prophet in there is because in, in Revelations chapter 19, when Jesus comes back with the sword in his mouth, the Bible says that Jesus takes uh, the uh, false prophet and the beast, which is the Antichrist, and cast them into the lake of fire. So um, I believe he's dealing here with the, the Antichrist and the false prophet. So you, you got to kind of, like I said, uh, interpret scripture by scripture. And Jesus gives so much information in the Gospels about the end times. So that when you compare what Jesus said in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to Revelations and to Daniel, you can kind of get a more of a complete picture as to what's going on. So that's what's going on here. So I hope I was able to make some sense out of uh, Revelation chapter 14 for you. If you have any questions or comments, I would like to hear from you. You can contact me at mouthswordministries at gmail.com. That's mouthswordministries at gmail.com. Or you can reach me at thiefinthenightministries.com. Uh, that's thiefinthenightministries.com. Uh, and uh, you can uh, email me, write me, and I would like to hear from you. Okay, that was uh, Revelations chapter 14. I hope it made some sense to you. Sometimes I'm not the best speaker, but I do my best. 
Okay, at this point, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to go ahead and end in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you once again for your mercy, your grace, and your loving kindness towards us. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you uh, open up our eyes and our ears to your word so that we can understand you better, so that we can hear from you better, so that we, your people, can get on one accord and uh, and uh, honor you in that way. Uh, it's a terrible thing when your people are divided and not saying the same thing and not believing the same way and can't come together. So we just ask that you help us get on one accord so that we can honor you. Uh, we ask that you also help the hurting, the lost, the homeless, the hopeless. Uh, raise up ministers, Lord, that can meet that need because it's a great need right now for help. And we just ask that you continue to bless and to continue to provide. These things we ask in the mighty, wonderful, precious name of Jesus. We give you praise always and forever. Blessed, blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord.